Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today we will continue our discussion of Chapter 2 of Observing the Craft by Andrew Hammer. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, we have our, our usual cast of characters. We have very worshipful brother David Colbeth from King Solomon Lodge number 60 in Auburn, Washington. I'm Matt Apple, and I'm a member of Mill Creek number 243 in uh, Montlake Terrace, Washington. And our we have our Canadian contingent. We have uh, worshipful brother Jared Dunham, who's a member of Penticton number 147 in Penticton, British Columbia. And worshipful brother Stephen Chung from Prince Charles number 153 in Kelowna, British Columbia. So, uh, as we said in our last episode, we were sort of going to divide chapter two in half, uh, roughly about the start of page 13 on my edition of the book, where he he sort of departs from what is observant and transfers into, for lack of a better term, what is not observant, <laughs> what he thinks is, is sort of in conflict in some ways with this observance. Uh, so, I mean, the first, the first paragraph that where we're beginning this conversation is, uh, to begin that explanation, I want to state something very clearly that we have not up to now addressed. Observing the craft begins and ends with symbolic blue lodge. This is because Freemasonry itself begins and ends with a symbolic lodge. So, oh, I, as, I, as I see a reaction of enthusiasm quoted, from Jared over there. <laughs> as Jared famously quoted, yep, end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. So what is your, do you have thoughts other than yup, Jared? Or are you, have you? Oh, no, it's exactly. Well, this is the, the point that I was trying to make is that it's the lodge, the lodge, the lodge, the lodge. Let's <laughs> see it once again, one more time. Lodge. <laughs> Does that sound like it should be a ringtone now? <laughs> Careful. I think, I bet you David knows how to do that. <laughs> It's going to be a little more high pitch, but <laughs> oh wait, I don't have to change it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, he goes on to say at the bottom, even the United Grand Lodge of England, in its statement of the merger of the lodges, said that. I mean, how much more black and white can you get? And on that note, have a good night. No. Here we go. We're done. <laughs> and that concludes right now. It is it is it's it was like, interesting. It was interesting about the Royal Arch piece. And I know that there was a whole controversy about that, but well, and, and I've always wondered about when they talk like because they talk about the Royal Arch. Are we talking about the object, the Royal Arch, or are we talking about the degree the Royal, degree, the Royal Arch? Because we don't know. Cue the trumpet. Wah, wah, wah. I don't know why. What? what well, mean? in here he refers to it as including the supreme order of the holy royal arch. Yeah, he's, so, he says that it's the it's the Royal Arch is the the accomplishment, the completion of the Master Mason degree. It's not a degree itself, right? So it's more of a, a, a say title or a a capstone, if you will. Ooh, which is uh, you like that caused much controversy in the wearing of jewels, but that's a whole other episode or two. And that's why it's a controversy. That yeah. Mm. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> so I, I actually want to take a, take a quick survey. So I know I'm, I remember my Blue Lodge and of Scottish Rite, and I know Stephen's a member of Scottish Rite also. Are you a member of any other bodies other than Scottish Rite in your lodge? No. David? I'm a Scottish Rite Mason. I technically am a Royal Archman, if that's the term. I've just never made my mark and have not advanced beyond the Royal Arch degrees. Jared? <laughs> so for those who aren't he watching politely said no for those that aren't can't hear that it was he was not a member of others no, I, I am not a member of anything other than the blue lodge never have been never will be and, and because i, think I agree that, with this i agree that yeah freemasonry begins and ends with the with the blue lodge and that everything else is i don't have a polite word for it so i will just say it is not i see all right. Well, so I, I started reading chapter three because I'm an overachiever, you know. Uh, so I started reading it and I I started thinking to myself, so there are, in theory, one could, and I he says, if he doesn't say this exactly, he says something very similar along the lines of one could study masonry and the various aspects of it. And there's always another layer. There's always another symbol. There's always more to be gained from it. And I agree with that. So if 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 one were drawing a curve and it were going it was going to ascend forever but it's going to the slope is sort of dying off there right and when you first start out you're gaining more and more from your your from masonry and you're you know whatever you're getting the first even if it's just this you know the there's this it's a pair of compasses and the, the next next symbol of it is that you know stay within new bounds and that sort of stuff okay so they that level you're you're getting a lot of you're on a steep upslope there, but by the time you've been in for 20 years, like some of us, the, the not again, not that it's flat, but you're gaining less over time. You're each, the effort you put in is increasing per unit of whatever improvementness that you're getting out of masonry. And I found myself wondering, and I, 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 I can see both sides of this coin and I know what Jared's going to say, or at least I think I do, but the, uh, the, as one is in Blue Lodge and one is approaching that point where it's, you know, the, the curve is flattening again, not, not flat, but getting flatter that if joining whatever Royal Arch or Scottish Rite or whatever, if one can then add a new curve onto that curve, uh, I'm making great, by the way, hand gestures. If you're, if you're uh, just listening to this and can't see me, you're totally makes more sense with the hand gestures <laughs> that if you're not uh, starting to go up again, on a new curve that's sort of building on that curve and gaining more out of masonry overall. And like I said, I can see both sides of that argument, but that's sort of where I came up with, you know, is whatever learning by learning something about Royal Arch, does that actually improve my understanding of myself and the world? Even if it's not strictly craft masonry or blue lodge masonry. Well, I think like he says in the book though, are those orders actually teaching you anything more some some maybe but i think if you find in most cases it's as bad or worse than the blue lodge the symbolic lodge where they go and they have their meeting they have the degrees you make your you make the get the big plume or you get the round 
the cylinder cyl- cylindrical hat. <laughs> that was tough. My wife calls it a bellhop hat. Yes. <laughs> and then they have their meeting, and what are they really doing in their meetings? Are they really providing any other education or anything better than Blue Lodge? No. And, well, but, uh, hold hmm. on. The argument can be made that you don't necessarily, to gain more enlightenment, need to do anything Masonic to gain it. I, to, I'm going to use an example because it's me and it's the only one I have with, with historic fencing, is that I have actually found correlations between the, the mathematical theory of Renaissance fencing ties into the Masonic teachings on the seven liberal arts. So anything, anything that I think the argument is, is that you can gain more enlightenment. It doesn't necessarily have to be Masonic in nature for it to be enlightenment. And, and, and as he says, that sometimes the, the, the quote unquote higher orders in Freemasonry aren't actually giving you anything more. They're just giving well, you more. Yeah, it says here the, uh, in the quotes, the greater number of these modern rights and degrees have been arranged to suit the views and preconceived ideas of clever visionary ritualists and are but the mere conceit of their uh, concoctors, nearly equally meaningless and historically untrue. So, you know, again, that goes back to Everything starts with the lodge and ends with the blue yeah. lodge, right? Plus, that, that's not Andrew Hammer writing that. That's someone else, right? That means oh, that's somebody else. else. It was. Yeah, it okay. was. A, uh, it was like the the head Wallace or something. Wasn't it? the top person in the Knights Templar, James Hugan. Yeah, about a hundred right. more, or more, McClode Moore. But yeah, but how, so if so, going back to the previous show, who who everybody should watch. <laughs> Matt alluded that if we don't need to have a see if we can get enlightened at this other meeting, why do we need Blue Lodge then? If we can if we can become enlightened outside of the observant lodge, then why do we need the observant lodge? That's that's what I thought I heard you say, Jerry. Maybe I misunderstood. I thought you said we can go to these meetings and become enlightened other than Masonically, then why do we need to have the observant lodges to be enlightened? Well, I think, okay, I guess the question is, is that are the, I mean, we know there are organizations that do similar stuff. But oh, sure, sure, sure. Like, I, I, I like, I mean, I can go and I can read a bunch of books and I can seek enlightenment that way. But that's me. It's not about the, I mean, it's about doing better as the individual, but coming together as a group to do it. Is it that because hopefully the observant lodge is focused on that task? Yeah. And where the other ones aren't necessarily, it's more about the higher numbers and higher, what getting where the costumes and that kind of thing, maybe, and not so much about the enlightenment. Although I, I, I my last meeting, there was a ceremony that they did that was, I'll bet it would have been really cool if I could pay attention, but I couldn't pay attention because they were misreading. They weren't even have it memorized and they weren't in any kind of costume and it wasn't, it was being misread and it was just, it was, 
I thought to myself, this is why I don't come to these meetings. <laughs> One right, of the it, it, it was not conducive for you to get into a state of mind to learn from it. Absolutely. And that's why proper focus on craftsmanship is important. Yes. Yes. And I, I mean, not to get, I don't want to get too far ahead into the other chapter because it goes into it better. But the problem, I think, the, uh, once again, I'm putting words in his mouth, but I, I think the, uh, the part of the reason you get is that the, is that the focus, focus sometimes tends to be too much on doing anything other than lodge. I mean, I know that when I was master, my biggest complaint was the fact that whenever you tried to organize something, there was always half your lodge saying, oh, I can't because I've got X meeting with a pendant body. And I'm like, well, it's no wonder our lodge closed. So let me ask, this may pull out of, again, our previous show, but it, I think the, the section of quote talks about that there are quarries or lodges become filled with idlers who want the benefits of being called craftsmen. There's the word without actually doing or knowing how to do the work. And so I underline knowing how. And so I got to go back to the idea that maybe, especially those that were brought into masonry and have succumbed to the normalization of socializing and that kind of stuff and not the idea of observance, have they lost or were never taught how to be observant? And so those of us that want to have a focus on observance need to be able to teach them or remind them they probably did join some of them with an intention of observance and then saw that it wasn't and were acceptant of it i know i i would probably put myself in that category and and in matt's non-visual diagram of enlightenment education i would say yeah my first three degrees it was like a rocket. I didn't know what was going on. And I'll admit that I thought a lot of it was true and not just allegorical <laughs> and naive, naivete. And then, yeah, I think my education, if you will, dropped off and leveled out because I didn't realize there was more. But now, 15 years later, especially with this show and other things that I'm involved with, I have had a new enlighten, a new ignition of interest to learn more. And so I think I'm it may not be the rocket ship that the first three degrees were, but it's certainly escalating. Not and, due to the other orders, though. Sorry. I jumped in. No, you're that. fine. You're fine. I was going to say, and wouldn't it be great if you actually found a lodge of like-minded people that you uh, well, could do that with, and you weren't fighting against the cut tide to get everyone to change? And that's the thing is, when I talk to most of our members, they're they're not fighting. They're just, they don't know how. I guess that's why I pointed that out, is that, they're they they're without actually doing or knowing how to do any of the work and so i think a lot of especially we have a lot of new guys newer masons and i think a couple of them have said gosh i'm not sure this is what i thought it was going to be even after the even after we do six steps even after we do all the stuff but i think we're trying to become more observant in our but also for me it's a balance between observance and quality socialization and connection with your brothers but you socialize after lodge true exactly exactly so but so it shouldn't there shouldn't be a fine balance it should just 
be a once again a 24 gauge thing of time yeah well yeah you you devote the time to the lodge and then afterwards is once you've done the lodge you devote your time to socializing yeah it's the it's the socializing in lodge that's that i find distracting what the the grumpy past masters talking on the sidelines you know everyone talking on the side (laughs) you're muted steve then unmute yourself that drives me nuts I it, nothing drives me cra- crazier than having the the mumbling on the side when somebody is trying to do their work. Uh, be quiet uh, and let them do it. I tell you, right? Like so disrespectful. So can I can I jump ahead a little bit to the end of the chapter? I really want to read this. Sure. And do we have time? Because I want I want to get to the I want to get to his final point on what an on, on what is observance. Because I think we've touched wait, wait, on it, but wait, I, I want to. Because I want to hear other people's opinions of this. Because okay, so at the end of the chapter, my page twenty-nine, we he come. I, I'm just going to read the parts that I've highlighted. Is uh, he comes to the the established definition of Masonic observance, doing everything we do to the highest standard possible, seated firmly within the symbolic lodge as a total and complete expression of the craft, making ourselves better as individuals through a determined pursuit of spiritual and intellectual enlightenment of seeking to unite men of every country, sect, and opinion in a quest for personal and societal progress. If that isn't the mission statement of your lodge, it should be, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, th- I think that I read that. I didn't underline initially because I thought, well, that's just the whole chapter in a synopsize in a paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Yeah. Right. No, that's exactly what I thought when I read that. I think, I think for me, I think the, what I think what people find the hardest is the determined pursuit of spiritual and intellectual enlightenment, because that sounds like work. Mm-hmm. Well, and why do we use the term craftsman? Why do we wear aprons? Why yeah. do <laughs> why do we talk about to, quarries and you know? It and it has tools. to be it has to be more than just when you show up that one one night a month. Oh, you get to go only once a month? My lodge only meets once a month. Oh yeah. You only go to your lodge? Uh, it's so less frustrating if I just go to my lodge. <laughs> and you're gonna become the district education officer. I'm gonna become the district, yeah. But no, but that's the, but that's the thing is that you know, once again, focus on your lodge. When your lodge is, you know, like this is the other thing is that you, you, just, travel going. It's great if you want to be social and go to other lodges, but it doesn't make you a better mason. <clears throat> True. That if you're if you're if your if your lodge your lodge could do with having more meetings, you should be focusing on trying to convince your lodge to have more meetings. So traveling to another observant lodge wouldn't be. If you traveling to an observe, another, uh, if you can find one. Well, there's a list. Yeah. So, but it's going to see how they do it, bringing it back to your lodge. The work needs to be this. The whole point. The work needs to be done in your lodge. Yeah. So traveling is purely a social action. Yeah. Aren't but aren't you bringing out? let's say they're not as observant as they could be are you not showing them the light if you will 
No, because you're a visitor. You're not doing any of their work for them. Well, depending on when the they come to your lodge, lodge, you might be you're showing them the light. Having that, they should, you know, they because that's the thing is that you if you're not you're not going to show them the light by do if unless they come and see you do it. If your lodge is doing uh, is following observance, so how I can, I feel, how like can I feel like we're drinking the Kool Aid here? How can we, how can we be the, the the example to society if they can't come into our lodge and see us do the work? They being society. I'm not talking about. Well, we we I mean, if you're saying that that lodge isn't, if the traveling to that lodge is not an observant action, to show our, to show our who we are to express the outward opinion and, and uh, actions of who we are as a, as an observant Mason, part of an observant lodge, hopefully, if we can't, if that's not an observant action to do that, then how can we say that we're observant to the society? Well, you're talking about two different things. Cause when you go to another lodge, you, how would, how would you show them? Dress properly, act accordingly. Those are two two things immediately. Yes, just come to mind. If anybody asks you about something, try to provide wholesome instruction. Give them a copy of the book. <laughs> <laughs> just, have, do you have a moment to talk about? <laughs> have you have you heard of our Have you heard of our of our author Andrew Hammer? Come o- come over to supper, and they put or, up a whiteboard hello. in the corner. <laughs> My name is Brother Apple. I, I, I think your work would be better done visiting with people rather than visiting with lodges. If you know that you, if there's if there's a brother in your district, you know who is sort of a like mind, go for coffee. Talk to them then. I think I honestly think it, the work is better. Like getting people to come if 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 you have an observant lodge and a lodge that follows these principles and is doing the work. I think people would get more by coming, like coming to your lodge, watching your install installation. Well, sure, because everyone goes to everyone goes to visit for installations because we all help out with the work. Like that would that would be one um, district. It would, I, I, do you guys do something special when your district deputy visits a lodge? Do you like have official visits? We we yes. <laughs> Like so, that's you know. So cases where where people where lodge brothers from other lodges would normally come to because there's something special happening. Degree nights, like it. I, I think it's it's you're, you you would do uh, have a better chance of converting. Oh no, I'm not converting. <laughs> that wrong word. <laughs> of showing people by having them come to your lodge, but not. I don't think necessarily going to someone else's lodge is going to do much. That, that's just, and that's just my opinion. I may be wrong. Well, yeah, you're not going to bring a jug of Kool Aid with you, but <laughs> but but they, but again, the idea of being the example. He, I thought he said he says it in the book, though. That that's what we're supposed to do with society, and so isn't couldn't we extend that to a fellow lodge? But he also states that allowing lodges to be there different than observant is okay too. Yes. See now you got my answer. <laughs> Do uh, any of us think so? The part of the, the whole point of this sub this uh chapter. Wow, lost my brain there for a second. The whole point of this chapter is to define observance. 
and given that he's got the whole rest of the book to talk about it, so I, I'm not saying that we we know everything that are on is on this brother's mind. But would you guys say that your lodges that you attend or are members of are are observant in this sense that are doing everything to the best of their abilities and and that sort of thing? Honestly, truly, no. no. Lie to me. Make it but, pretty. Well, no, no. Honestly, well, no. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to say no. We're not. Like everyone wants to think that theirs is the best lodge, but I would no. Yeah, I got I got to agree with Jared on that one. Every yeah, everybody would agree, you know love to say that they have the best lodge, and I would love it if my lodge was an observant lodge. But I can say that I do believe there are a couple of brothers in my lodge that do their best to be observant according to the definitions so far. Well, wait with bated breath till chapter eight, the observant lodge. <laughs> I haven't read that far ahead. So, yeah, I mean, I just to express my opinion, I would, I would agree with the two of you guys that I, I don't know that I see my, I don't see my lodge as being observant by these standards. Well, I would agree with that. And I've, I, I may offend some guys that are listening to this in my own district. There is a, there is a lodge in our district that's on the list if, uh, of observant lodges. And uh, there are aspects that they strive to be, to do well in. And there's other things that I think what in the world are they doing? Oh, is that new ritual or what? You know, it's, but I also have to think, Hey, we're human. We're not, nobody's perfect. They are doing the best they can, but does that mean that our lodge isn't doing the best that it can? And so when I would say, are we observant? Well, in many aspects, yes. If you had a list of 10 things, eight things, and we could probably check off six or seven of them. But are we doing this, doing it the same way as this other lodge that's on the list of observant lodges? No, necessarily, because they're different than we are. But they get to call themselves observant; we don't. I, so it's a it's a tough answer. So I got a question, and this is one. So with, if, with, if with if, only two minutes left, okay, well, <laughs> Sorry, quick, quick one then. If your lodge isn't observant, you would want to be observant. And you know there are other brothers in your district area that would want to try. Would you go about trying to start another lodge to do this? I would never do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've put, I've actually posed that question to myself, and I thought, no, I think I I would uh, try and see if I can get my lodge to become observant uh, because I believe that membership in my lodge though they haven't had the definition enlightenment um would agree that on the principles and and uh, uh what an observant lodge is so I, I i think i would put the effort there into seeing if my lodge could become that observant lodge and if not i might be um compelled to go through the process of uh, beginning an observant lodge. I, I apologize. I can't quote the exact show number, but we've had 
our friend Zane McEwen, very worshipful brother Zane McEwen on, and their lodge, Verity Lodge in Kent, is the lodge I'm speaking of. And he, the, he, we, I'm pretty sure we have a show where he talks about their transition from where they were to where they are now. And they, it was a, it's been a rough and rugged road for them to transition from the way their lodge used to be until the way it is now. And so it was not observant previously. And they may not consider themselves truly observant, but they're on the list. I mean, you know, they don't, they're not a TO lodge for sure. And they're maybe not, you know, it's not like they have a, everybody gets a copy of the book, but they certainly do everything they can. And I think a lot of it came from his reading, Zane's reading of that. And he, he is, he helped the lodge transition and found brothers that were interested in that idea and has cultured and nurtured that idea and continues to in that lodge. And so as new Masons come in, it's that that's the new culture and you, it's accepted. And I, so the idea of not being able to transition a lodge to be more observant or to be observant, I don't, I think it can happen. I've seen it happen. But I do like the idea of a new lodge. <laughs> well, it's very uh, reassuring that, that it can happen. It's, it's hard work. They've been at it for, I would say 10 years. And so it didn't happen overnight for sure. And <clears throat> there were some hard feelings over the years of the, the way some of the brothers wanted to take the lodge and some of the other brothers didn't. And so there was a parting of ways, which ended up being good for them because they, those that didn't want to be observant. I think he says it in the book, right? Uh, that those, uh, a return to or a focus on observance may be easy for some, hard for others, and impossible for the rest. <laughs> and those that were impossible said, we don't agree with this. Some, some stood up and lodged, some wrote letters. It was kind of a crazy time, but magically they're not around anyway that and, was idea to and that lodge <laughs> and that lodge is now consistent in their efforts to be an observant lodge yeah i would say so Excellent. and and they're continuing i i believe they're continuing to to enhance that experience with as much as they can there there are a lot of new masons in there and so they struggle somewhat with some aspects of things, but, um, I think they're doing their best and that's well, I can't, ultimately all, I, what can we ask for? Do your best. I, I can't wait to get to chapter eight and, and, uh, figure out how to, how, uh, to do that. <laughs> so with that, look into the future. Uh, we again, encourage you all to, to read the book and to let us know your opinions of the book and of our, our, if you will, incessant yammering on the on the topic, uh, and uh, I guess that's about all we have for the evening. So, on behalf of David and Jared and Stephen and myself, we thank you all for listening to the Working Tools podcast. Goodbye. 